Hello and welcome to the Employer Flexible Podcast, where we continue to help our clients and prospects with information to help them navigate their way through all of the challenges brought on by the COVID-19 crisis. I'm your host, John Orth, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Employer Flexible. In this episode, we are focusing on what to do as an employer when one of your employees tests positive for COVID-19. To give us some guidance on this topic, first we'll have two of our HR consultants who are quickly becoming very experienced at dealing with this new challenge. After, we, we, after we've heard from them, Mark Groves, our Director of Safety Services, will weigh in on some issues regarding reporting requirements and cleaning and disinfecting guidelines. We have a lot to cover today, so we're going to skip the breaking news and go right to our guests. So for today's podcast, we have two of our HR consultants, uh, one from Houston, Jennifer Pattison, and one from Austin, Cassie Wilson, and they're going to share with with everybody some of our experiences this week. Uh, You know, as as Texas began reopening in phases, we began to increase, we began to see an increase in COVID cases over the last few weeks. Uh, Last week and a half in particular has been significantly spiking uh, resulting in a phased-back approach, as everybody's aware. Uh, Employer Flexible previously released a, a helpful return-to-work guide to help the steps uh, to, to take in order to safely bring employees back into our workplaces. Uh, now we've released a helpful guide on how to respond to a positive COVID-19 test. Uh, both guides, as well as numerous additional resources, can be found on the employerflexible.com website, under COVID-19 Resource Center. Uh, I, I do like to point out that, that during this unprecedented time, it's critical to, to stay up to date on any official guidances from OSHA and the CDC, uh, and, and we'll post some of those on, on that COVID-19 site uh, for latest recommendations as current best practices can change from day to day, as we found. So, uh, so Cassie and, and, and Jen, you guys have, have been really busy the last couple of weeks. Oh, right? yeah. We have. It's our new norm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, so what, what we thought we would do today is, is kind of take some of the experience that everyone's been learning on the fly and, and push it out to, to all the business owners that, that would be listening to this podcast. So, you know, the, I'm kind of going to go through some, some circumstances or questions or situations, and if you guys just want to answer them, that'd be great. So the first one would be, all right, so an employee tests positive for, for COVID, now, now what? Uh, Cassie, you want to take that Great. one? Great. Yes. Good question. So really, first and foremost, if the employee is at work, we need to send them home right away. We need to get them out of the workspace. Um, if they're able to still work, so if they are not very symptomatic and telecommuting is an option, then as a business owner, we want to offer that option to them. If they are unable to telework either because of their diagnosis or because you do not allow it, then we want to remember that more than likely that employee is going to be eligible for paid emergency sick leave under the Families First Coronavirus Response Act or FFCRA. So in that case, you really want to work with your HR consultant um, for guidance, and we'll walk you through that whole process. Now, once you've removed the employee from the workplace, really, we need to start the tracing process. So when we're, we're talking about that, 
that first individual that's diagnosed, we're going to refer to them as our source employee. So we want to ask that source employee to inform us of who they've come in contact with within the workplace in the last 14 days. And anyone who they're listing as um, potentially being exposed, we want to use the exposure list to document that. And you can actually find that helpful exposure list spreadsheet within our um, return to work guide, as well as the testing positive guide out on our website. And it's really important, not just to fill that, that form out, but also to maintain it for OSHA and workers' comp purposes. Now, once we have our, our going list of who may have potentially be, been exposed, we need to inform those individuals of the possible exposure. So we recommend providing them with a letter or release some sort of written communication. And of course, we have a sample of this for you within the guide as well. Um, just letting them know that they may potentially have been exposed to somebody who tested positive for COVID. And then I cannot stress this enough, but it's really, really important that we remember that that source employee's identity needs to be held confidential. So, you know, sharing their name or identifiable, sorry, identifiable information um, could potentially open you up to a violation of privacy laws or HIPAA, HIPAA laws as well. And, and, and of course, in, intuitively, you know, if we have a, a good, warm culture, everybody would, would love to get that person's name out so you could, you know, t assure them that you're in our thoughts and prayers and all that sort of stuff. But from a from an HR standpoint, liability standpoint, the confidentiality of that person needs to stay intact. That's correct. correct? Yep. Okay. All right. So uh, in terms of workers' comp, uh, how can you prove an employee contracted COVID at work or, or, prove, that they, or, or prove that they didn't? Uh, Jen, you want to kind of take that one? Yeah, so another great question. So what we're currently seeing um, from the worker comp carriers is that it's very difficult to determine where that source employee or first employee became positive. So you can't really prove that that took place within the workplace. But any of those individuals that they list on the exposure list, as we stated above or as Cassie mentioned, those individuals, if they became symptomatic, became positive, then at that point, we could filter them through the workers' comp process and potentially they would be eligible for worker comp benefits because the determination could be made that they were exposed within the workplace. Okay. All right. So, uh as a business owner, am I required to have all my employees tested? So I want to stress first that, you know, as of right now, we have some guidance on that, but just be sure to keep up to date with the CDC guidance as this can change day to day. But as of today, there's a few different avenues that you can take in that situation. Um, that being said, your local health department may have unique guidance based on your location. So I always recommend that you contact them first. Um, and we do have the local health uh, department information hyperlinked within our guides for all the major markets in Texas. But really, um, those different avenues that you can take. So you could immediately send all those potentially exposed employees to be tested. Or you can opt to have them self-quarantine without the testing. 
or in some cases you may even uh, make the determination to have them continue to work unless symptoms develop, in which case, of course, we wanna go ahead and send them home. So if we do opt to send them for testing, one thing to kind of keep in mind is that there's different options. So um, the employee can choose rapid or the non-rapid testing. And the reason I like to point that out is really just because um, we're seeing a, a trend in this and experts advise that for exposed employees, there's an incubation period in which that person will actually test negative right after they catch the virus, only to have symptoms appear a couple days later. And in those cases, if they're retested, they can actually test positive at that point. Um, and we have been seeing that quite frequently. So just something to be mindful of if you're sending your employees for rapid testing. Um, for those who are having the non-rapid testing performed, I just like to point this out to um, business owners as well, is that there's really been a trend in an increased turnaround time to get those results back. So many testing centers quote a four to five day turnaround, but really due to this influx um, that we've been seeing over the past few weeks, we're actually seeing turnaround times increase to nine or 10 days in some cases. So just another thing to be mindful of if you're sending your employees for testing. Okay. All right. So Jen, uh, how do, how does an employer handle employees who, who want to return to work? Well, one thing we are going to stress is that you want to follow the most recent CDC guidelines and they are changing ever frequently. Um, the most up-to-date ones actually were released yesterday and the changes were pretty, um, pretty significant as to where they were two weeks ago. So always check for the most up-to-date information on the CDC, CDC website or reach out to your HR consultant as we are staying up-to-date on those changes. But as of now, there's three different strategies that a business owner can um, look at or take. And so the first would be your symptom-based strategy, your second being your time-based strategy, and then the third would be a combo. And so the symptom-based strategy is for those with COVID who have had symptoms and they may discontinue isolation. They've had three days without any fever and that also includes not taking any fever reducing medication. And then they also have no longer have uh, respiratory symptoms and 10 days have passed since their symptoms has first appeared. So that's the symptom-based symptom strategy. The time-based strategy, um, or more commonly known as the quarantine strategy, this is where you're going to have your employees stay home for a specific time frame. And those with COVID symptoms, once again, um, you're going to have fever-free, symptom-free, and also um, have two negative tests within a 24-hour period. We know with the testing limitations that this could be a little bit of a hurdle. And so you may want to look at the third option, which is more of a combo, which is the time-based. So you're going to have them quarantine for a specific time frame, usually that 10-day window, and then have them have a negative test for a good measure before returning to the workplace. Okay. All right. So besides employees, uh, what other things do business owners need to be thinking about? 
Well, one very important item, of course, is disinfecting the workplace. So really, as soon as we find out that we have a positive employee and we've sent that employee home, we need to start disinfecting the workplace at which they they were with a positive result. So um, we recommend you actually hire professional cleaners. And if you're going that route, um, certainly ask or look on their website to ensure that they're using the CDC approved cleaning agents um, that are specifically shown to fight against COVID. So just one thing to be mindful of. Um, if you do opt to disinfect yourself, then again, sounding like a broken record, but just make sure you go out to the CDC website as they have um, information on disinfecting. And of course, we have that linked within our guide as well. Now, the other the other thing we need to think about as a business owner is how are we going to mitigate this from happening again or from reoccurring or having more positive tests in our workplace? Well, I, I certainly recommend putting into place some preventable measures if you haven't done so already. Um, one of those being to implement some sort of questionnaire for all of your employees and visitors alike um, when they're entering the workplace. We have samples in our guides any HR consultant or risk consultant is able to help you too if you want to develop something specifically for your workplace, but it will really just help curb somebody from walking into the building if they've had symptoms or say in a house with somebody who's tested positive. It's kind of that, that double checker before they walk into your workplace. And then to take that one step further, an additional preventative measure you can take is to implement um, temperature checks. Same thing, just to mitigate people from walking in the door if they potentially um, have COVID. So if you are going to go that route, again, really reach out to your HR consultant or your risk consultant. Um, but you can also go out to the OSHA website, look at the worker exposure risk to determine which method of testing uh, makes the most sense for your, for your business. And from an HR perspective, I always just like to point out too that if you are going to implement any sort of screenings, you need to consider who is going to perform the screenings, how they're gonna be administered, and of course, any implications, meaning we wanna keep the, the practice consistent. So if you're screening for you know, your entry level positions, you need to be screening your CEO as well, um, and then keep any medical records confidential. Now, little note, if the CDC or public health officials revise that direct threat standard of the pandemic, this could affect whether screening is permissible any longer um, or would be considered a medical exam. Um, right now, I don't really foresee that happening, just given the recent trends, but I do like to point that out. And and just, just to be sure the relevance of the uh, to performing a medical exam is is not uh, permissible under ADA guidelines. That is correct. correct. So in in normal okay. circumstances outside of this pandemic, um, that would not be permissible. But because of the pandemic and that direct threat standard, that is the reason why, as employers, we are able to screen our employees as they walk in the door. Okay, and then. Uh, you know, the, the, the last part in terms of any other advice that you want to give to, to our clients? I think I would Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, th I think as a catch all, you know, the, 
the most important thing really is to remember that employer flexible is here for you. So, you know, any, obviously this is an unprecedented time and can be a little bit stressful, uh, not knowing how to navigate it. So cannot stress enough to reach out to your HR consultant or your risk consultant. Unfortunately, we're dealing with this day in day out. So, um, we've become subject matter experts on the matter. Um, so please lean on us, please reach out and we're, we're happy to walk you through everything and hopefully minimize the stress as much as possible. Okay. Jen, do you have anything to add to that? No, I think really Cassie hit everything. Maybe the only thing would be, you know, kind of just stay calm, reach out to us. Um, you don't have to be the expert as the business owner. We're here as a resource. And so utilize this as much as possible. How to continue the topic of what to do when there's a COVID positive employee. Uh, we have Mark Groves, our director of services at, here at Employer Flexible. And Mark's going to answer a couple of questions for us that, that have come up kind of over and over in the last couple of weeks. Mark, Mark, you've been a, a busy man, haven't you? Yes. This, this month has been really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, uh, how, how, does, how do I clean and disinfect my office? We've been getting uh, calls inquiries from a lot of our clients with regards to this. Um, there's, there's two distinct methods here. The, the cleaning is the regular cleaning on a regular basis. To, and that is with soap and water and then also some disinfecting materials. And basically what that does is it kills a lot of the germs, the dirt, the impurities that are on the surfaces. And we try to emphasize, we practice routine cleaning on, a, on the frequently touched surfaces, the doorknobs, the, you know, the areas that we, you know, the coffee room, break room areas, uh, light switches, countertops, desks, phones, keyboards, uh, even the toilets. So we're trying to educate everybody that we have to practice a routine cleaning on a frequent basis. The other thing that we get is we have clients that call us and said, I have an employee that tested positive for COVID-19. What do I do now? From the disinfecting side, we, we emphasize to them that they have to either use a, a third-party janitorial service or if you're going to do this on your own, the disinfecting household material has to be an EPA registered uh, disinfectant. And you can go to the uh, CDC website or the ED EPA website to determine if your di disinfecting solvent is registered. And these are only disinfectants that are registered to address the COVID-19. And obviously, the emphasis here is to follow the instructions on the label to ensure a safe and effective use of the product. Um, and then also precautions are such as wearing gloves and make sure you have good ventilation during the product um, from that standpoint. We also try to emphasize that if they're going to use a, dilute, a diluted household bleach solution, 
they're emphasizing there the the concentration of making sure that it's at least a five to six percent. Okay. All right. So, uh, so do I, as an employer, have to report positive COVID results to my workers' comp carrier? Yes. Um, the workers' comp carrier has determined that each claim is different. And so the carrier wants to make sure that it is reported because they're going to look at these individual cases on a case-by-case basis. They want to make sure that the injury or illness is work-related. And they have a team of licensed adjusters that are specialized to answer these types of questions to determine if it is work-related or not. What we see is a lot of times is you have a source employee, an employee that went to went somewhere over the weekend and they were notified, whether it was at a party, whether it was at a friend's house or whether it was whoever it was or their spouse tested positive and they went to work. We considered that the source employee, but we still reported to the carrier. 90% of the time, the source employee will not they will not accept workers comp or they will be investigated and denied that because it was not determined to be work related because of those examples I gave earlier. The situation though, is that how many employees did that source employee come in contact with at work? So now you have one source employee and you may have five exposed employees. Now these five exposed employees did not, to their knowledge, do anything out of the ordinary that would expose them to that. They didn't go to parties, they self-quarantined, they went to work and they went home. That was it. So basically what happens then is if they are notified by the employer, they elect to go get tested. And if any of those test results come back positive, the we are advising our clients and the carriers advise us that those have to be reported as a work-related accident because it's determined they will do an investigation, but it's determined that in most likely cases, those exposed employees contacted that COVID-19 from a work-related incident. Okay. So kind of while we're on the, the topic of, of, uh, notification obligations uh other than the workers comp carrier uh what obligations does a does an employer have when he has a positive test employee in regards to notifying external uh external entities like customers and or the building management and and people like that yes That, that that's a great question their obligation is once they find out um that they have a positive employee, they have to make that determination as to how many people that that employee was in contact with within six feet. And so basically what we try to coordinate with our clients is an exposure list. So the client has to notify not only their employees, but if a delivery person 
came to their facility in the shipping and receiving area, or they're in a, an office building with multiple tenants and they go to the lobby and they, st- they go into an elevator with other employees or other people that are in that building, they have to notify the property management company that they have an exposed employee, um, an employee that may have exposed other people. The, then the property management's obligation is to notify all tenants within that building that there was an exp- there's a possible exposure. Okay, and and going back to the workers' uh, notification. Obviously, if you're a uh, a a company that that has a you know a a company based uh, workers' comp policy, you have to you have to notify the workers' comp carrier. In in the case of our clients that are on our master plan, uh, they just have to notify us, and we'll take care of it for them. Correct. Yes, that is correct. We we manage the workers' comp from that standpoint. Okay. Hello. CDC requirements or the changes in exposures and the things that are going on. So uh, we're, we're here for you. If if you're not a client of ours yet, uh, you know, we're here for you in, in that we, we want to push out all this information that we can to the SMB market. And if you want us to be there for you by more than an information basis, all you have to do is call us up and, and, and come on as a client and, and we'll take care of it from there. So everybody uh, stay safe and, and have a good day. Thank you. Thank you, John.